Hey guys, it's Brendan Lamb of the Blam Show. I'm here with JD of Primitive Pits um, and Workhorse Pits, and we're gonna get into making making smokers and a few other things today. So, uh, welcome, JD. Well, thanks for having me. Dude, Brings back a lot of memories of being <laughs> on the Sixth Street in uh, or the Sixth Avenue in this Sixth Street. They call it Dirty Six now. I've been here for 25 years, and I can tell you, not much has changed. <laughs> Uh, what actually has changed? I know you used to go and scout scout talent out out of here for whenever you scouted talent for the first part of being here and recorded bands or even down to the very end broadcasting bands recorded bands for content for various projects. Uh, yeah, it brings back a lot of memories of driving driving down through here. Living in Nashville it reminds me Austin. You know the the growth of, of Austin and Nashville were very similar, but. Um, we got the we, music capital of Texas here. We stayed at this okay. little hotel down at the very start of the street, Sixth uh, Street, and uh, I drove by there today, and I thought, "Wow, there's some stories from." <laughs> Is it still a hotel? <laughs> it's still a hotel. That's good. Uh, there's a larger one next door, but that one's uh, that's a pretty relevant hotel. Yeah, I mean the barbecue scene wouldn't what it is uh, in Austin uh, no. whenever you were here. How long ago was it? You said twenty. Well, years? I mean, I started coming out here. I I want to say like ninety. Three, two. Everything was in Lockhart still. Yeah, but we we went to yeah. I mean, Mueller was out there. Well, yeah. I mean, you got you got you know. But Lockhart was yeah, yeah. yeah, You go down to um, the Triangle at that time. You had Smitty's and no, actually, when first when we first came here, just I believe it was just Smitty's and uh, uh, Blacks. Wow, I can't remember. Back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's. uh, yeah, just a, another career, you know, having a, a career in the music industry before I started doing this. I uh, you start how how old were you when you started? Because I, I know you moved to Nashville. What was it in in the eighties? Well, yeah, I went there in the summers in high school. I had a studio in my home. My parents kind of grew up, you know, uh, didn't have a whole lot, but uh, my dad was a musician, so he kind of allowed us to get away with a lot. So I had a drum kit, played piano, played all the instruments and whatnot. At a very early age, five, six, eight, ten, and then I think my dad's way of shielding my lack of talent was I went to his studio and did some recording, and it didn't come out the way I wanted. Lack of talent. <laughs> and uh, so he he offered me a, a, the input of buying a four track recorder, which turned into a recording studio. And then wow. the time I was in college, I was uh, bootlegging all the guys around town, you know, come in and make a demo. I made a couple demos for folks that, you know, probably uh, only had a music career for a year or two and i made some for guys that are still doing it today and then uh wow. moved to nashville um out of college and started working at a place called Soundcheck, which i believe there's a sound check in austin and same uh, company same company yeah. same owners and uh well no when i started there it was a, a group um um the guy's name was norton bob thompson he was a, a tour manager for uh and production manager for u2 uh u2 the Eagles, uh, and they had a place called Third Encore in Los Angeles, and uh, they had just opened up in Nashville, and I kind of got in on the early end, really just luck, and that's how I fell into live recording. I did live recording previous, um, you know, but more of a church settings and yeah. just local community stuff, and then when I went to Nashville, I just found this this uh, love for it in Soundcheck, which was a rehearsal facility for these acts to rehearse in. Yeah. So you got all the big rock acts, all the country acts so you rehearsing. Didn't, you didn't get to start just straight up recording them. You no, had to do no, no, no. <laughs> all the errands and stuff. I got lucky, 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 lucky. I happened to be just in the right place at the right time with just enough knowledge, but I did fake it till I made it until I sold the company when I left. Um, no, I we, we really focused on just capturing the live show. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we got to be in part of some big shows and uh, you know a lot of big name artists, but uh, always took around uh, the barbecue. You know that whole thing. You know, yeah. never thought it would be what it is today or a career. Uh, just always had a passion for barbecue. Really, just wood fire cookery meats. I just like that. I've that, always been that guy too. You know, yeah. Whenever, I mean, you know, whenever you're camping, I'm always next to the fire. Absolutely. The, yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. It's kind of part That's of where it started. Yeah. I learned how to start a fire when I was a kid, seven, eight, six, somewhere like that. My dad. You know, it was like we went camping. It's a weekend. We're going to have a great time. Yeah. No, we're going to take a 45-minute lecture <laughs> class on how to start a fire. And then the next time we go camping, and both nights, Friday, Saturday, then the next time, refreshers. So it was a lot of that, but I appreciate it now. And then, 
you know, anytime that you could cook over flame and fire, um, it wasn't a big deal back then because, you know, really gas grills weren't around, um, showing, showing my age, but, um, there was nothing where the technology is now. So yeah, I remember having this cooking with coals and putting some wood on it and that graduated into where I am at today, basically. What, what really made you go from um, doing every, you know, the music stuff? What was kind of like the linchpin for you to be like, look, I'm going to do, I'm going to start building smokers. Well, there's a gap in there that um, the whole thing with what I was doing was I really fell in love with the, and still to this day, I love the performance mm-hmm. of live music. And live music was, was a group of guys and gals playing on stage live. And that started to change. That's number one. When we started running, I remember doing a show with a group, I won't name the name, um, but we ran tracks back to the stage and recorded them back to the, to the truck. And it was a big, big deal, big group, big, big outfit. And uh, nobody was playing live. So that was, that was the first thing. The second thing was, um, there's this thing called a DVD. And before that was a VHS tape. <laughs> oh yeah. They used to sell them on retail shelves. It's funny and, part is some people aren't going to know what that is. Right. And, <laughs> and, and we, we recorded the live performance for people to distribute that way. Mm-hmm. And when the distribution of the DVD died, so did about what everything we did. It wasn't an award show or a major event. Um, and you know, uh, that became one of those things where it was, um, obsolete and i started just looking around at things to do i actually uh, thought about going more into the pursuing of management and developing talent i got a good friend of mine in nashville we eat lunch and talk about it and i know he's a big time producer and whatnot we just really kind of never got it formulated but um in the middle of that um ironically um i just started to think i wanted to open a restaurant and <laughs> that's a big side thought <laughs> uh, i can remember the conversations i took my wife over to this little place in nashville we sat there and i remember it was a hard conversation because i i i my ego <laughs> was still there as far as like this is what i do i've been doing the same thing and yeah. here i i want to open a restaurant and uh, i don't even know if she answered me for a couple months but then <laughs> Uh, I really started to press and then I opened up a restaurant and the success was great, but, um, I didn't, I didn't really feel like I, I never worked in a restaurant, never been in a restaurant as far as back of house and just had no clue, walked into the whole deal, started in a food truck and from start to finish, it was super successful from the food truck on. The problem was I didn't really know what I was doing. For instance, we were open every day, but two days a year. So having a family that was difficult and. Um, you know, so leaving the music business, I felt like we had to leave Nashville. We did look around for a long time in Nashville to put a spot, but eventually we decided to go where she's from, which is down there below, uh, in Peachtree city, Georgia. And, um, you know, that's, that was kind of the, the walk away, but I, you know, I, I knew I was probably leaving music forever. Yeah. Um, now I did have eventually have a concert scene about 30 shows in our, our, um, restaurant, which didn't really fit the vibe but were you uh, trying to do recordings and stuff with no we, we did we I mean, we had collective soul we had yeah. we had big any band that i could get in cut, touch with came through there we had a bunch of acts come through there i mean you had you yeah you met all these people and and formed i just, all relationships with yeah them. and i started thinking maybe we could do something like a you know i i the best comparison would be kind of like an mtv trl but oh yeah from <laughs> a restaurant yeah and that concept was kind of you know there's no really form well there's no really uh, in destination that made sense. So, but, um, it, you know, I did leave Nashville and we did start a restaurant. It was successful, but then I felt like I just didn't get it right. So, yeah. um, sold it, sold it. And, uh, when I sold it, I, I literally said, I'll never do it again. And I'm doing it again times. Uh, yeah. I was going to say not just one, yeah, uh, five. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, you know, and then the whole thing with the pits thing, just, just, um, it was just I love it. I love in the metal. I love the metal business. Oh, I yeah. I eat, sleep, and drink now the metal business, and I spend every day from six in the morning till sometimes seven, eight at night. Um, I enjoy the fabrication. Uh, I enjoy 
the scaling of a business where well y'all started off whenever whenever i first met you it, about a year before yeah um and and you had got a few pits into texas yeah got a few um really you know i think there was only one other before yours yeah or either way i mean just from where it's gone from there to where that was taking maybe a month to put a pit out or something oh yeah i yeah. think it <laughs> took us uh oh yeah yeah God, and that, then but now you're getting man, you know, you're putting eight eight five hundreds out a week yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, I remember reflecting back on how long it took, and um, it just was the greatest. Yeah. And they're prettier it, now. They're oh yeah. <laughs> it's like it took you. It took you more time to do stuff that. You know, there are <laughs> some guys. We didn't come from the fabrication angle. Yeah. My father-in-law is a fabricator. Me and him built the first ones. So for our, for mine. Yeah. And um, I didn't sit there and go, "Wow, it's got it. We got to drop dimes." You know, you know, we got to put these welds together like this is this is a you know show car, and I was really just worried about the functionality and the performance. Yeah, yeah. And I'd built a pit a couple times before. You know, my dad and we played around. And I built a couple pits, um, dating back to 1994. But um, I can tell you that I did not know when we started. We put the primitive pits. I won't say we. It's me. <laughs> put primitive pits out there. Yep. I did not know what I was getting into because there are guys that come from the welding uh, world that have been welding forever, you know, 20 years and been doing it. And then and they jump in the, the, the smoker. They're in the game. smoker. Yeah. I'm an audio engineer, <laughs> but I know science from the flow. And I, I thought, well, I can bring a lot of input and you know, I don't, I guess I wasn't really an entrepreneur until yeah. I started the restaurant. The music business was, I don't feel like it was entrepreneurship, even though it's a pretty big company. Yeah. Um, but you know, we came at it from a different angle. But I, I remember uh, looking at another of our competitor pits and going, you know, I didn't see it up close. I saw it on a picture, and I was like, "We're not in the same ballpark." Yeah. But it it didn't really matter. Our pits functioned. They cooked extremely well, well and people like you know Terry Blacks and folks went out on the limb and said, hey, these guys built a great pit. Yeah. And it was consistent. So, you know, we just kept doing it. We if Somebody pick up the phone and call us, we were going to answer. Oh, yeah. Now we're backed up, a, you know, a year. We put out seven or eight uh, every week. Yeah. Uh, six on, if, it depends on what size. Um, We've got a rush list, too, don't you? We've got a rush list. We've How do you got get a, on that rush list? <clears throat> well, you just got to call and you got to talk <laughs> to Ashley and you got to tell her what your needs are and get into the rush list quick. I mean, we have people that, uh, call us and you know I will tell you this somebody called us actually called us the other day came by and said hey we're cooking for the masters and for for this we need two pits ready to go for the masters and um I know there's a long list oh, yeah. but it's hard to say no so especially uh, for an event we've like got that. two shifts yeah. I start you know looking around saying okay how can we do this and how can we do it with quality and there's sometimes we're like this particular instance we just have to say sorry this we can't, we can't do this We'll figure out how to get you some pits for the masters, but we can't throw away a list of people that are just, I mean, call every day wanting smokers. Um, but then we have guys that, I, I like these guys, that call up and say, hey, man, I'm going to open a restaurant in 15 months. You think I'm we like, have about that? <laughs> hey, what I got day? time. <laughs> and I don't talk to them, but our office people talk to them, and it just, it looks really cool when you look at a counter and you see out there and go, Somebody's planned, mm -hmm. and they're 15 months out. Yeah, and usually when you get to them, I mean, they're ready. Oh, they're stuck. Oh man, their pit house, everything's ready to go. Yeah, they're open, and then there are people more probably like me that call. Hey man, can I get one in like a month? Okay, how about four months? All right, six months, eight months, it'll do. <laughs> Not, I don't want it to be nine, eight. Yeah. So there's that. And you but, got folks like me that are calling you every single day saying, where's my pit? Yeah. Well, and that, well uh, the hard part is, is like, I got to observe it in the music business. Yeah. And uh, I had friends of mine that were, were, you know, in the music business and they kind of handled the business of artists. And I would watch it and go, oh, it's just chaos. Heard we're, the, we're heard wait. Now we got people that have my cell number, got it from Larry, from who knows John. Yeah. And at eight o'clock at night, I go to bed at seven thirty or eight. You know, hello, hey, uh, can I get a pit? Can you give me a pricing? I don't even know the pricing yeah. anymore. I, since two thousand nineteen, Ashley's taken over. Well, she uh, keeps up with the uh, with the market and everything. Yeah, she yeah. does. She's phenomenal. She yeah. knows more about that business. I do sometimes think, man, what happened if, if you know, tragic something happened? Yeah. 
I'm telling you, you're in good hands. Yeah. And now, if I was the one welding and we had two guys, I mean, we were 30-some guys in that oper- operation. So it's different, uh, you know. But at the same time, I fell into it. I don't think people understand how big of an operation that is because most of most of the um, the known pit makers and stuff that are even, you know, mostly in the state of Texas or even some on the outside, um, it's just them. Or it's, right. it's just, you know, um, maybe two people working or three people working or a few helpers or something like that. Um, and that, you know, really, really backs stuff up. But at the same time, you're getting that consistency every time. Have you had any issues? I mean, obviously, if you got 30 people working on your on, on a smoker, you know, at different times, there's going to be some inconsistencies. How are you coming over? How are you overcoming that? Well, we, we, we have some really, we had a guy move from Nebraska, called me up, says, I want to come work for you. And he'd been one company for 14 years. And, yeah. You know, most of the guys that call like that, they get filtered out because they're wanting to learn how to build a pit for themselves, one-offs. Yeah. Which we used to do. I mean, I've helped some guys do that. But how we get over that is because what's different about us, and not that it's better or worse, it's just what we do, is we're not a one-man shop. We have scaled this thing by hiring people and bringing in talent. We've got some phenomenal welders. And sometimes I feel guilty by going, ooh, look at these dimes, because... We got about eight guys that can do that in their sleep, and they're phenomenal uh, at what they do. But how we've done this is by really scaling the whole operation up and breaking it down. And we've engineered how we build stuff so we don't miss anything, so we do it accurately, and so we can do it consistently. So if you buy one pit and a year later your business grows and you come get a second one, they both function the same. They both perform yeah. the same. How's a, how, how they've kind of changed since, I mean, obviously – um, y'all have got a deal going with the Georgia Tech, I think it was. Yeah, we've done and Alabama. We've, we did a football team yeah. in Alabama. We've done Georgia Tech, Mississippi State. Um, we're doing the PJ Tour yeah. right now. Um, all those names have nothing to do with barbecue. Those well, no, just, but, 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 but we've done, you know. Yeah, but, you know, you started off with a certain design on your pit, and then you've seen, okay, this needs to change um, because of th- the thermodynamics and the way this thing works, the way, uh, you know, where this pit master is going to be using this smoker, um, how have you changed them to where they're going to um, be a lot more even cooking than, you know, we, we, they would they started off as? We got 100 pits in and realized the CFD. So that was an accident. It happened to be with a guy who, um, without giving out too much information, because it is our secret sauce, yeah. is a, was a welding teacher in, in town, and he introduced me to some people that basically fell into the NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, is how we got into it. And, um, uh, nothing really changed. The only thing that changed is we are we put our name on them now. Yeah, we're not ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the first the first pit we sold was in, I had fifteen. Uh, the it's one of the restaurants that's closed and the disappointment. But the guy had no clue how to cook and he wasn't willing to learn how to manage a fire. So yeah. uh, nice guy, but the restaurant's closed. Um, and it really it was a stunt. It, the pit sat out there and blew wood, you know, smoke out. But he had other stuff going on that you know yeah yeah cooking sure. cooking through different avenues for sure so really what's changed is very minimal because the conceptual design of the smoker now we used to at one time i think you you actually had a pit a rectangle firebox yeah but inside of it was round yeah yeah and what we were doing was trying to disguise <laughs> that there was that we had around insulated inside. Yeah. <laughs> so uh and but that was uh something we removed all that we started getting a little bit more transparent and what we're doing and the fitting. Um, so a lot of, you know, if you're wanting to build a pit, the most important thing is the fitting firebox. That, that, that smokestack and firebox have to talk to each other. It's a pitch and catch situation. So if you do set on a hill, it's pitch and catch together. But if things are off, you know, if you got a smokestack that's off a couple degrees, man, you, it's a suction vacuum. Um, it will work just like you hold a vacuum and turn it in your hands. Oh yeah. So that's what we really I mean, we go overboard concentration on now. We have um, a spec in our shop that's uh, even going into, we have a lot of welders that come in and they're like, man, this is a hard spec to keep. But that's what it, that's. You got to. The consistency depends on it. Absolutely. That's really cool. Um, So now I I know, especially whenever I first got involved with y'all and you, uh, you were doing, I mean, primitive, you know, which is the absolute base of everything. It needs to be. Um, as simple as possible, you know, like you were saying, it doesn't have to be stacking dimes. It doesn't have to be that stuff. Uh, but now 
you know, that was when y'all first started. But now since you've started going, you've got stuff that's a little bit more pretty, um, stuff that has, you know, better, you know, obviously you've got better welders in there um, and now you're starting to paint stuff. So right. um, how does that change kind of your, your, your view of what you wanted to start primitive as, as being something kind of like a base model or not base model, that's a bad word, but um, more like a, uh, uh, just strip rough, down, strip, strip down, down yeah. easy base. You know that that's a good question. One of our earliest guys been with us the longest. Um, I tasked him to paint the first one, and this is after saying, "Hey, man, we're not going to paint. We're not painting yeah. anything. Yeah. We're building a smoker. We want it to be be safe, blasting out the insides, trying to get it. You know, it's a, it's just a progression that I did not predict. Matter of fact." You just started getting having people asking, but hey, somebody hey, hey, hey. beating down the door. Finally, you're going to several be able to people do it. <laughs> didn't buy a pit from us because we wouldn't paint them. And excuse me, I I believe the truth of it is, I didn't know how to do it, and I wasn't going to do it unless I could go to sleep at night. That's what CFD does. I go to sleep the night, the very first night, that primitive signs hanging up on the wall, and I had a lot of worries, but that pit performing was not one of them. Yeah. I was waiting for the scientists to come back, the barbecue guys to come back, uh, anybody to come back and say, that doesn't work because I could prove it. It absolutely was what I think to be the best design in offsets. So painting comes around and I'm like, oh, okay, now they want to, you know, make this thing that's just going to cook barbecue. Now it's got to be pretty a picture. Yeah. But I didn't understand that. I didn't grasp that. And, um, Somebody showed me a social media thing, and I remember the day. I remember the moment. I remember where I was standing, um, and showed it to me. I was like, "Oh," mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, "We got to decide whether we're going to be that or we're going to be this." Mm-hmm. And I felt for three years we were what I wanted to be. Until one day, one of the guys that worked for us, been there a long time, he, he's like, "I can paint this," and I was like, "Okay, let's do it." And then you and see it. <laughs> we painted it and we burned it. And it didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I was like, I spent two months looking up how to paint. I called a paint company. got a guy, got reps in. And finally, we found something. And we, a year later, we painted another one. Gotcha. And uh, that from that one on, I think it was 18, 19. We just started painting them. Recent, 19. Um, I believe it, uh, 250 Barbecue up in Washington, D.C. has our very first painted one. What color? No, uh, uh it's yeah. that red one. Okay, yeah. Um, that's cool. And that's, that's it. It's very short history. A couple of years, maybe not even three years. Well, look great. We painted trailers. We used to not build trailers, and we bought the trailers. Yeah. We would bring them in on a truck and then tear them apart to put a pit on it. And then one guy bought a pit and uh, put it on a trailer. And we didn't build the trailer, but it was crap. So we went, I went and got it, or I sent one of my our guys to go get it. They brought it back, and I said, all right. We're going to build traders. So I went through all the DOT classes, got certified, oh, blah, blah, man. blah. We got all of, our, all of our paperwork, and now we build. We probably built a 1,000 of them. But we painted those, and we got confidence in painting those, and now we do the pits. Now we've got – you've got a, the first two-tone pit. Yeah, I mean, y'all are going to see – I'm going to post it on the on, on the Ibble thread. Y'all are going to get to see uh, the smoker. That It's not completely finished yet. we still got to put the counterweights on. Um, and then wired up for for lights and stuff, and I think there might be a few touch up spots. But other than that, it's I'm gonna post a picture as y'all can see it. But it it's is, the, it's it beautiful. Is, yeah, it's gonna cause the phone to ring. Yeah. Now it still is a barbecue cooker. It still can really make wow moments with barbecue. Right. But it it does every time I look at it. I think it reminds me of Boardwalk and Park Place on Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> the color scheme. I don't know. It's just I can't. It, it's really good. It it's, is good. It's, it's like, uh, a, what are the two colors? Blue? I mean, it's like a It's, a, it's kind of a blue. Carolina blue. Yeah. Um, I just I'm throwing that out there. The light blue mixed with this kind of um, earth tone muted blue, not quite, not quite royal blue, but kind of a muted yeah. version of royal blue. Well, you, number number zero four six number. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now we've built a book and a chart, and we've painted metal. We've prepared metal, so we have everything almost about eh, I'd say ninety colors. That's pretty cool. But we're still not advertising this to where if people call. We really want them to dream up the color part. We'll build yeah. the pit. We'll get the smoker. We'll have you ready to cook. And then, you know, we had a guy come recently. Um, uh, we sent the pit out, and he had, like, neon green and purple. And my first wow. reaction was to call him and go, hey, man, this is this is not going to look great. But when it got done, 
there were a lot of people that said, hey, and so now we're getting a ton of people. Matter of fact, the very first smoker that we put out green, yeah. I thought, nobody's going to want this green one. All the tanks came from Canada. And the supplier that we used as a big gas company said, hey, you want to take these? You know, And I'm like, no. It's a horrible Canadian I impression. Took, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but I took the green ones, and I remember having a conversation. We're like, man, nobody's going to take these. We put them up. Everybody. I mean, Everybody I, wants green. I had a green one. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Every, neon green, but. Everybody wants green, and uh, but now everybody wants to paint, and mm -hmm. now we're two-toning paint. Um, and I'll tell you a really quick story. Uh, I have a friend in the music business, and he lives, used to live right down the road from the restaurant, and he had a guy that worked for him that, uh, was one of the most unreal painters in the world. He now paints Triumph motorcycles, custom stuff. Oh man! And we got together with him and thought we could take this to another whole level. Mm. The problem was uh, the pit itself doubled in price. Oh, and, because of the pit. And I said no, but yeah. it's still there, still in the back. But it is. I mean, you're talking about a twenty-five thousand dollar, five hundred gallon smoker. Oh wow! But. It looks incredible, and it's a whole different scheme. Have you posted that yet? Never, never, nobody's ever seen it. Why not? Um, I, huh? I'll no, tell you. The, no good reason. The, the truth is, <laughs> it slows down our process because people are going to start asking for that. It does. It's it it's expensive, and it it takes another three weeks to finish. We wow. don't do it in house. Yeah, you got to. We it send off it down bed. to yeah. Christian, and he. You know, he can do it for both sides. We were going to do it for Workhorse at first. Yeah. A nice segue right there. Yeah. Um, that, but, that was literally going to bring in Workhorse. And say, <laughs> Thank you. Do my host job for uh, me. <laughs> uh, we were going to do it for that. So we talked a couple years yeah. ago when we were launching Workhorse about. Yeah, I remember you saying you're going to paint them and everything. And, you know, just yeah. not not like color. But yeah. We, there was this thing that happened. I, I went to this guy's restaurant. He opened a restaurant, too, in the same town. And uh, he's an artist, um, Zach Brown. Yeah. And I'm going to name drop. And I went to go eat, and I sat at a table, and there was this wood table that I ate at, and it had this Walking Dead, which is filmed in that town. It had this Walking Dead and Johnny Cash face. Oh, like and, a half and half. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I like this, and I normally don't like that kind of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't have any tattoos, or I'm not really, I, I'm afraid of that stuff, kind of. And me, me too. Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh. Yeah, that's how really I wanted to go into paint. Yeah, but we didn't get into that. So, but you know, I'm glad you did for for the for the primitive side of right. it. But I'm, I really love the look of the workhorse. And for the people that don't know, primitive is more of like the commercial side. Um, you got the bigger commercial. smokers, mm -hmm. 250 gallon up to a thousand gallon. Right. Um, plus, you know, what is it? They've got you got the cauldrons, all the other stuff with that as well. Well, we haven't released. We've had them for three years. They're coming out this year. We've had a pizza Sorry. oven, <laughs> no pizza oven, a cauldron. Yeah. Um, they're called them, and then we have um, a stainless gaucho grill. Nobody's ever seen this stuff. Yeah. But we're focusing on just being able to keep people from having to wait a year. Yeah. But that's that's commercial. But people were asking restaurant. People were asking for backyard stuff because everybody, you know, you can't put a five hundred gallon or a thousand gallon in your in your backyard and expect you know to, to be able to. We have, have a guy that's got a five hundred in his backyard, but there's um, a lot of parties. I bet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we did want to. We you know, really started this whole company before primitive. Was a backyard company, believe it or not. But and then you had the demand really for the bigger ones. The, the very first thing was build a backyard, and then um, <clears throat> we came up with workhorse. And nobody's ever asked me how we came up with the name of the workhorse. Can I tell you that? It's yeah, such please, an interesting please, story. Please. So I said primitive pits <laughs> one day, just riding. I was like, it's a primitive pit, and it's really not a pit. It's a smoker because a pit is yeah a brick pit. You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to call it that. And I was like, well, it's not a it's not a show horse, it's a workhorse. Uh. And so that's how <laughs> it came. So that, that became the backyard. Gotcha, gotcha. But the backyard pit was, um, oh, it was thought of. You got three it, models, right? Three models. Yeah. Those models were thought of and, and really working before they came out. The 57, 69, the 1957, 1969, the 1975, they go up by size. Yeah. Two 20-inch diameter smokers and one 24-inch diameter. And that company started... We, we started putting out pits in February of 2020, and it is gangbusters. We've got them all over the world. Uh, matter of fact, here in Austin today, I'll meet with a guy from Norway who's sold about 40 of them at his place called the Barbecue Shop over in uh, Norway, and he's he's in uh, Austin this week or actually today. 
and uh, they're London. They're all over. Um, That's we've got, cool. We've got a really fortunate now. Of course, steel prices. What happened here with COVID has been terribly difficult because we've just have had to fight that. But success of it has been. We've grown. We actually moved out of the building and moved to our own building, and we're building a 60-acre campus. We're under construction right now. And that's for the barbecue that's classes. Co- yeah, we're gonna, Wood Fire Cookery, the campus yeah. itself, will have um, a retail store, the workhorse pits, primitive pits, an American Cookwood, and then we'll be teaching, and we'll have guests coming in. What's so, American uh, Cookwood? American Cookwood. <laughs> this is just like a, the, the podcast of uh, plugging, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, American Cookwood is just a... Uh, um, um, slow seasoned air dried wood that we go on to claims. We l- lease or buy the wood from the claim. We're currently down here in uh, just east of Austin, over in Lexington, right now on a fourteen hundred acre cl- fourteen hundred acre claim, taking all the post oak that the gentleman wants off for his cattle ranch, uh, which is about six thousand cords. And um, we're we really th- different than the barbecue pit. This became a niche yeah, because it's a it's a necessity. It's a necessity, yeah. and how that we got into this is we 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 launched a rental company, and then that was kind of too difficult to manage, and then we started selling the wood um, there locally, and it sold out fast because the phone rings when you get a smoker. The next question is, hey, where do I get wood? Yeah, where do I get trusty wood? Where can I find a good wood guy? And what kind of wood do they use in Texas? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was down here a couple of years ago and I was at a really nice establishment and I looked through the wood and uh, as I'm standing there, I started to get a smell of hickory and I'm like, somebody's cooking with hickory. Yep. What are you guys cooking with? Post oak. Not right now. Not you're not, yeah. you're cooking with hickory right now. Yeah. Oh, we don't know. But that's the thing is you don't know if you got water oak, post oak, you know, white oak. Um, uh, that's was how we got into it. So we got inundated our phones, our office the ladies at the office were telling me, hey, man, everybody's asking for wood. Did I want to go in the wood business? No. The wood business might be one of the worst economical businesses to be in. I'm doing it because... Well, compared we, to your other stuff. Well, yeah. we, we have this motto, because it's great barbecue we're after, yeah. and this is truly why I'm doing this. It's not... Um, there's no other reason. I'm doing it because of that. So I'm going around the service areas of what I see people that buy a pit, and stories are amazing. We've sold over 1,500 of these things. Yeah. And, you know, we got guys that quit their jobs. Their wife's standing in our front room, you know, arms crossed, shaking their head so mad. And then they've got several million-dollar operation times two or three coming back and buying pits. Um, we feel like we're in a service business, and we're helping them fulfill their dreams. And, yeah. and not only do you buy a pit, hey, go take some classes and really learn, try to gauge where you're at and fire management, all that stuff. Because Maybe, it's great barbecue. You're at because there. it's great barbecue. So how we got into the wood was that. Yeah. And you know, but then you're not, uh, so just for me uh, operating out of say North Texas, where I, where I was, yeah. um, I've had a regular guy that I was getting wood from, but it's very inconsistent on how green it was. Um, you know, uh, th- that's the biggest part of it. Um, he was very good about taking out, you know, the pecan or the, right. you know, the hickory that got put in there. But I think that's, for the at least the DFW area, the, the Dallas Fort Worth area, there's not a whole lot of guys that do a high quality wood like they do here in in, right. in Austin. And you I know. don't know anybody in. Well, I know one guy in the wood business in Austin. He does a really good job. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about he, too. Yeah. He's consistent. And I'm gonna plug him, Javier. Yeah, and, my man. He is. He's a really good at what he does. And the reason why is because he cares to do it the right way. Yeah. But um, there are some that are leaving you know, holes for us to come in and service because we're going to make sure that we see the tree fall. We know it fell. I mean, I got digital notes of this tree fell, this group of trees, you know, 2,500 cords fell this week and we'll age it by diameter. We'll start with the technology of these, these, uh, uh, you know, water meters or, or, um, Oh, the smart meters, uh, the smart meters. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can always be judging. And, of course, it's going to change. It rains. It's going to go up in moisture. Mm-hmm. But we see it dry. We're, we're tipping it off and figuring out when it's going to be ready for the best time to go in the firebox and try to get you the wood. Now, we're selling some blends because we, we'll blend some 30%, some 20%, some 10%. Yeah. Once you get wrapped, if you wrap. Because nobody needs all 10%. Nobody no. needs all. Yeah. No. But um, but so we, we fell into it. And I 
really did not want to do this. Now I love it because naturally I'm drawn to the fire. I'm yeah. drawn to the steel and the wood. Um, I grew up around harvesting trees and cutting firewood, but I really understand the service that these barbecue joints have all, not just barbecue to have the right wood to make the right food. It's an yeah. ingredient that you can't find on the shelf. Yeah. It's a secret ingredient because if it's dried, right. In slow season, it's got all these tannins and sugars and carbohydrates that come back in it. It really offered this great, you know, this vanilla for post oak or, you know, the mesquite has a really sweet mesquite taste mm -hmm. for, if you're cooking hot and fast or yeah. even low and slow. So we're excited. I've been down here um, about seven, six times since August. And y'all doing, um, doing all post oak for this? We're doing post oak, hickory, pecan, and mesquite here mm -hmm. in Texas. Um, currently we launched American Cookwood today yep. and we're only doing post oak right now. Okay. And I would say somewhere in the end of this year. Now, the reason why is because we're drying. Yeah. Hickory takes a little while longer to dry. So we spent about an 18 month period learning all this stuff. And we brought in a forester, hired a full-time, a uh, couple guys that have been in this business. And of course they've been in it from a different standpoint. So I'm trying to show them what the guy that's cooking needs. Yeah. And uh, we don't want them to have to go and dry out their wood. No, uh, that's the worst part about it. You just want to be able to grab and throw. Most of what's going on right now is that uh, tree services bring in trees. They drop in. They buy them. Say, hey, this one might have been dropped a week ago. This one might have been dropped two years ago. Yeah. Um, this one might have fallen a storm last night. And it's all getting put in the same pile. It's all getting put in the same pile. So what we're trying to do is it's going through an, a really rigorous effort. And uh, we started in one claim here in August, and it's just it, we're still, you know, not even one quarter way through it and that wow. that will you know be a lot of our um texas post oak you know we're going to keep on this claim for another two years and so there's you know why we're in it yeah have y'all worked out a, a price point yet yeah you know, what you're going to do for per quarter? well um we're going to do some some storage solutions some cage carts boats and uh the raw wood will be kind of the market value uh no, yeah, <laughs> we, we haven't released. It. I, they well, are, haven't started selling. They're yet, releasing so. it via a list per market. Say you're in San Antonio and you want a cord a week delivered or yeah. four cords a week. Uh, we'll that'll be priced a little different. It's more a la carte. If you're in Austin, you want you know six cords a week, whatever. It, that's a la carte. Yeah. If you're, uh, we're not selling to the backyard guys right now. But if you want to come pick up a cord or you want to come pick up a box, yeah, because you're going to have all sorts of chunk wood and all that we're gonna, stuff. That, we're yeah. going to have we're going to have uh, chunks or blocks. Excuse me, and um, we'll have small boxes up into eighth accord, yeah, uh, an eighth of a cord all the way up to a cord, and then we'll do deliveries through um, our cages and and uh, service they, the restaurants. Are the cages quarter cords? Or are they? They're half cords. Half cords. It's a big mm -hmm. old cage. Yep. Yeah. So we'll move half cords in, and servicing that is, uh, man. That's a whole another thing. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it, we, we have to touch things three times. We have to pull it out of the claim. Yep. Then we move it to our yard, which we have a yard. Then we split it, and we, you know, once it's dried about, you know, the, the length of about 30% moisture, we'll then cut it and split it. So mm -hmm. usually over a year. Yeah. Nothing we've got on sitting, you know, less than a year. And y'all just started, like, five months ago, you said started cutting and started mm -hmm. stacking. Well, a little longer than that. Yeah. Uh, um, about a, a little over a year. So it's gonna, we, we got hickory drying. We got some hickory drying that it's so enormous of trees. I was like, oh yeah, these are gonna make great for barbecue. I didn't realize you're gonna have to wait two years to use yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So we don't no limbs. Well, how 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 far out are we from being able to order? Um, we're ordering. To, we've taken orders today. I got an update today that we had over 180 restaurants contact us. Wow. And, um, the first day. First day. My man. Yeah. Ooh. But here's the here's the catch. Um. We, we're we're not going to service anything but Texas right now, and we're going to service just the restaurants in in the Central Texas market. Yeah, and get that going. So we're probably going to start that in June. Um, we're waiting for a, there's a grand opening going to be down in Lockhart that we'll start servicing there. And just then, Central Texas, not DFW. Uh, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna do Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. So I call Central Texas like the sliver of Central. Yeah, that's that really, one line. Once you get to Houston, it's you might as well. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All of Dallas, all of uh, Austin, San Antonio, and Houston, and inward towards our home bases in Lexington, Texas. Yeah, because I've got some friends. I know some of you call me frequently asking about wood. Call them. Give me a call again as soon as you see this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's we're ambitious. That's you know, good. We're, 
I mean, I love doing this. I mean, you're it's not, hard work. You're not a stagnant guy. You, you, no. you, you get a business, you start it, you build it, on to the next one. Get well, it started, I mean, build it, and then you go and make I, sure I, they run. I do, <laughs> it, um, but everything is in the wood fire cookery group. Yeah. I, I am really, like I said, I didn't start out as a welder. I started out, you know, as an audio engineer, but as a successful restaurant owner. Yeah. I mean, I understood the supplies that we're talking about. I understood about we we were busy. I mean, this is you know we weren't. Uh, Terry Black's Monday through Friday, but I mean, you're, and I say that because they're just enormously busy. I went in there last night at, at whatever time, and every time I go in there, they're so busy. Yeah. But the thing is, is as a restaurant owner, one of the things you want to do is make sure that your product doesn't go up and down and your consistency stays the same. And that's, that's important for a restaurant They've owner. They've got a really good system down there. Yeah, they do. And yeah. that, that allows the restaurant owner to say, you know what, I'm going to take off a Friday night. Mm -hmm. But if you got all these inconsistencies, you're, always fighting fires and that is what i'm trying to really uh help you at know. least take out one of the variables of, take hey, out as many yeah. i mean that's well i mean that's that's the yeah. first the first step right there at least two right there you got a good smoker that you yeah. know and then the second one you got some good wood good now. wood and, and you got bbq xo which yeah. we closed for for uh we're about to start right before right, corona right, hit. right yeah right we were corona and then uh once covid hit we pause now we'll bring it back in our new location at the campus at the campus up in cleveland georgia and the classes that we have scheduled we've already started booking them we the, the construction shouldn't be we should be done about the end of this year beginning of 23 we'll have a grand opening we have a retail store there we have some phenomenal classes how Beyond, big is it you said 60 acres 60 acres yeah we have a couple the, uh, three or four buildings being built there. And you have some horse rides out there and stuff, uh, too? Man, or? I'll tell you what. See, laser <laughs> focus, small to-do list. I thought about pumpkin patch. Yeah. Just put it on the backside. Corn maze. Yeah. And 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 then I started... Uh, and then Ash just starts hitting you in the back. Oh, and saying, calm we got down, a, calm we got down. A, we got a creek on the property, and me and my son have gone in there, and we searched for gold, and then we thought, man, we could get some whiskey guys in here. But late, you know, uh, uh, but I wake up every morning in that cup of coffee. I'm like, that's God, that's stupid. Yeah. That's Don't, so dumb, dumb. And we're not doing that. But then next month you're like, okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Now, I, I'll tell you what, in my old age, getting into my fifties, looking back, that is the successful part of how I've been able to be a successful businessman. And I say that modestly is that, uh, the dangling of the bell, uh, running across the room, like the old cat chasing it. Uh, is very difficult because once you, you know, for instance, restaurant, taste the success, the food was the star. Mm -hmm. But my ego and my music past kicked my you-know-what when I had a couple guys come in one day and I was like, I'm going to do this. I mean, I literally went to Guitar Center, bought speakers, installed an array in my place, and hired Doug Stone, the country singer, to do the first show. And I bet you there was probably... 20 days from the thought of having the conversation, I'm going to do music to that concert. And it just was, that's a whirlwind right there. Yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, we had so many great artists and there were some great nights, but that is what I'm trying to avoid now with wood fire cookery. I'm just staying really true to teaching the guys in the backyard and giving them a great smoker mm -hmm. uh, to really output phenomenal product. And then for the restaurant people to come in and say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to open up a restaurant. Yeah. I want to take it up to the next level. And we've got guys that with James Beard Ward winners, we've got mm -hmm. guys, uh, we've got a couple Michelin, you know, multiple Mich star. Yeah. yeah. We got multiple cooks that, you know, calls, Hey man, I, I, you know, we can cook sea urchin for $1,600. How about brisket? And I'm like, you gotta go learn how to do this. Uh, yeah. But in, you, Everybody makes it look so easy. You know, this is, this, yeah, this <laughs> is not something that all your experience, matter of fact, I had a conversation with a guy, a Michelin guy, and he's, oh man, I know I can cook this stuff. Well, you probably know when it's done. Yeah. But this is not, I mean, this is a different deal. So that's, that's our focus, man. We really encompass that whole culture in our campus and every single one of our employees, except for two people that I know of, three people have smokers. Wow. One and of our guys has from the two or three. The ones that y'all have built? Yeah. And when they sit down and interview, and we, we don't have any turnover. We got, you know, we went through that whole turnover thing, and then we, we've not had turnover. So we've grown this staff, and we have a really good group of guys. Yeah. Some of the guys sat down there several years ago. I talked to, you know, one guy. You ever cook barbecue? Don't, not interested. He's got three. cooks all the time. Now he does. Now yeah, it's his main And we've thing. had guys that, you know, buy a smoker they get going and they start showing me pictures and i'm like going man i spent 20 years and i can't 
That looks great. Yeah, right. So it's exciting. It's fun. It's a conversation piece that goes around both shops. Now they're two miles apart, and I'll spend time in both. But you know what you're cooking. Yeah. You know? Well, and, people ask me about you all the time. And the, I mean, it's, there's no better way than for them to actually come on here and now listen to all these different things that they're asking me questions about. Well, and what do you do? Where are you from? Uh, how did you get your start? You know, how to get my name, JD. Yeah, how did JD happen? You know. Jimmy Daniel is my name. Yeah. I call him Jimmy, but everybody and else calls him JD. It's somewhere it's along like, the <laughs> way. Uh, well, when I went to Soundcheck, there was a guy named Brad Baker Porky, uh, you know, rest in peace, Porky. He was phenomenal. No. Uh, he's the one that started Bonnaroo. Now Google this. Ichiku Park, 1999. Uh, How do you spell Ichiku? Ichiku, don't just just <laughs> just work on the phonics side of it. Ichiku Park, but um, I, I worked out there. Me and a couple of guys at Soundcheck helped them for free, and uh, that became that's the site of Bonnaroo. Um, but he really helped me as far as uh, where we're we going with that. Oh, uh, you know, just the, everybody. Oh, JD, was, yeah, JD, How JD. did JD come in? I lost my train. Yeah. Uh, I had been called JD. And my friends called me JD. I had a coach that called me JD, and that's where it started. Yeah. Um, the and Bonnaroo then, Ranch, it really got. And the, well, no, Porky called me JD. He's from Chicago. JD! <laughs> we had another guy named Jim Whitfield, and he was there, a th- I think, two weeks before I started. So he got to be Jim, and um, I became JD, and I didn't think anything about it because I went home, and I'm still whatever. Mm. Some of you know, my buddies, JD, Jimmy. And then... Uh, uh, you know, it just carried on. And then I moved here. It just kind of, what's your name? J- Naturally, it started to do that. What's your name, JD? JD. What's your name? Jimmy. Now, now I just got formally together with everybody in the shop and say, hey, man, Jimmy, JD, let's just. Whatever the hell you want. I got a couple. Oh, I got a couple guys. I call them, you know, like, you know, I know they're, they've got a couple little name variations. Yeah. Depends on <laughs> what day it is. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's not, there's not, there's not much, uh, Left to tell on the barbecue, I've, I've kind of covered all the bases. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's this is really why I brought you in here. I really wanted to let everybody know, first off, um, a little bit more about Primitive, because I've known you on a personal level for five, shit, six, six years now. Yeah. And, um, you know, coming as a guy, a pit builder from outside of Texas, getting into the Texas scene and the Texas barbecue scene. Um, I mean, and you're not completely an outsider from Texas. Like, don't get well, me wrong. That's what I am. I mean, but I've got family. I work yeah. by Bastrop. To, I got family. I've yeah, got that's what cousins that own a gas station. I've got uncles. Yeah, but you know, I've but got. It's not your first rodeo in Texas. No, that's no. what I'm trying to say. Well, no, I I came here and uh, was South by Southwest, and yeah. um, you know, I never really had a lot of experience in Dallas, Houston. Uh, I did a couple country things and rodeos and all that, but <clears throat> um. No, I just came here with Austin. It felt like Nashville. It very much it definitely does. is. Yeah. It's much hipper. Yeah. This is way hipper. Really? Yeah, Nashville's very uh, not hip. It's kind of... Uh, You're going to have some hate for that. Well, no, I don't mind. I'll take it. You know, know. Well, of course, Los Angeles uh, emptied out into Nashville about... Or, you know, emptied into Nashville. About, about 95 it started. Yeah. I mean, I met guys, the guy who uh, made the the uh, Magnum P.I. theme song and... Uh, uh, you know, just a couple of these guys, Dan Huff, these yeah. rock and roll guys that played in, you know, um, I think Dan Huff's band was White Lion or or Striper. I can't remember. But all these guys from California moved into Nashville, and they were 80s rockers. And then, you know, uh, Larry Carlton, who's the guy who did the Magnum P.I. Yeah. and all these themes, phenomenal guitar player. And then, you know, uh, country started to change. Come down to Austin... Um, you know, Willie was right. Everything in Nashville kind of st- is uh, more fabricated, and it, there's more authenticity in here. Austin. Yeah, I can. And more the music scene in Texas. I mean, Texas has got its own music scene. It's got mm-hmm. its own music uh, genre. Nashville is the 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 country Hollywood. It's the it is. The, it's, the, it's, yeah the smorgasbord of all the different um, all the different styles of country music from around the nation, even around the world. People move there for that in Texas. You got people that won't leave Texas, right? That are country, you and, know, huge here, but they won't even record in Nashville. And the, yeah, the guys yeah. that go to Nashville that don't vibe with that scene immediately come back to Texas, and yeah. I applaud them for that. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, even when I was in Nashville in the late '80s, early '90s, I can tell you that, uh, you know, that sentiment of the town was changing was always there. 
you know, there are people like, oh my God, Kenny Rogers is rock, you know, or <laughs> that's always been a conversation. Yeah. What, it just, it wasn't happening. It didn't happen with Garth. It didn't happen with Jason. No. Alden. It's been happening forever. Yeah. You know, it's just this. You got uh, this Brantley Gilbert kind of guys coming up. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, I mean that, and they're, they've got their own little thing and that's, that's good. I can't talk bad about Brantley. I like no, not guys, at all. But, but, yeah. Uh, but you know, I've got, uh, th- <laughs> this, some of my favorite songs. <laughs> I've got this idea of Texas as being something that's more, um, uh, you know, it's more org- organic and it's grown here and it lives here. Yeah. And in Nashville, it's kind of like, I, I remember meeting country, you know, people that were inspired to be country artists. Where are you from? Chicago. Yeah. Really? Where are you? Downtown. You know, just. You're like, there ain't no way. And then you hear him singing and you're like going, like he's from East Tennessee. Like, yeah. But that's, that's Nashville. That's cool. Though. A lot of talent, but. Um, and I loved the city, man. The city's just phenomenal. You got used a to bunch be a great... of people live there. Yeah, yeah. I know you do too. I mean, I, we lived there for a long time. We obviously, but uh, it started to change in two thousand and uh, I guess seven or eight, and it just boomed. And like Austin, it's just, I mean, it's in, it's insane. It's yeah. lost what really. I, I talked to people that have been there forever, and they're like, "Yeah, well, it's you know, we used to say that nineteen ninety one, it lost what it was, but yeah. it lost its." To me, it lost its, uh, you know, all the sky rises and all that around Music Row. They're gone. No, they're there. I mean, they're there. They're but... there, yeah. But everything that we, we had that was kind of the local, you know, there wasn't any bars on Music Row. None. But when that's I all moved, it is, When right? I moved to Nashville, there was no bars on it. And then Tin Roof became the very first bar that I remember. Didn't a bunch of them get wiped out by that tornado, though? Just... No, no, no. No? No. Okay, good. Uh, I know there's a big tornado that went through Nashville yeah, a few years ago. And it knocked always, out a bunch of stuff. Always sits down there in the river. Better than flood. Yeah, the flood was pretty bad. Man, dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. Man, I'm, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, man, it's. I mean, I'll I'll see you again next week. I'm yeah. done. I'll be driving over to Georgia to come get my smoker. Get on my my app and follow this thing along. And yeah, yeah, uh, I'm actually I'll I'll be putting doing um pretty much a live stream the whole time through through Ible. And you know, we're gonna be doing question and answers while we're going, uh putting some more content out. So well they got a cool thing going. This place is really just amazing. I came in like wow this is but um oh yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited to be able to communicate on the platform. And yeah. I, I will. Please do. It's it's very good for the question and answer thing. Um it's very good if it you know instead of just going on to your Instagram and then reading the comments, not knowing how the connotation of how they said it or how if they're being, you know, kind of uh not what would it be they're they're kind of being smart assy about it or something right. like that you can't really pick that up but whenever it's right in front of you as in, in, a, in a video format you can see their face or even just the the audio uh, it's a lot easier to engage with yeah, it's, it's a lot good, easier to give it's a, a good conversation it's not hiding behind a yeah you know um, it's, it's easy to be genuine that way instead of having all these trolls and i think this is going to eliminate a lot of that and then with you know the free speech uh, aspect of it is just you know that's what we need right now right in this world you're right uh we can't have people sitting there at all times you know nose up right telling you what you can and can't exactly <laughs> yeah and so it's come a long ways from aol chat room oh man don't even bring aim back up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. where I started, man. Thanks. My man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.